Learning how to take matters into your own hands in every aspect, I think. So that, that means it's your health, it means it's your, your monetary, it means it's your work, it's everything. Put it into your own hands and stop giving it to the government or a governing party to handle it for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Otto Gomes Crypto Show. I am your host, Otto Gomes. Today, we are talking with Tanya, the herbalist. She's a nature enthusiast who feels just as passionate about people and life itself as she does about the planet. After several difficult challenges and the will to survive and thrive, Tanya was led down a path of self-study and education of natural healing and plant medicine. As an unconventional thinker, she tapped into many parts of herself that triggered healing responses, which was the initial action to create the life that she wanted. Today, Tanya helps people take a hold of their health, identify their challenges, build opportunities, and look for sustainable answers for real change without fear. Ladies and gentlemen, Tanya, the herbalist. Ladies and gentlemen, Tanya, the herbalist. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure to uh, to be here as well. Awesome intro. Love it. Yeah, no, no worries. I appreciate the time and the energy that you took to to connect here. And and I, I love using these opportunities to really connect with the interviewee and get to know your life and your journey and how you got to this point. Um, so if you can just share a little bit about that journey and and specifically what was your red pill moment that really shifted you out of this matrix? Well, I guess there was two moments, like how I got into this whole like natural healing route was really through my own healing and my mother's healing journey. Um, a lot of people might know this, some people might not, is my mother was left pretty much to die by the pharmaceutical industry. She was on some heavy narcotics, like oxytocin, Ziploco and everything. Um, and I get like my strength and my mind and all of that uh, from her. So when you see that as a child and you see them completely, this is 12 years ago now, like bedridden. Mm. No longer coherent, not able to have conversations, falling asleep out of nowhere, doesn't get out, just completely bedridden. So she's pretty much, I got to a point where I was grieving my mother while she was physically still alive. And I just refused to accept that she was just going to be left to die that way. And I had a total mental breakdown and nervous breakdown. And I took some time off work and I just tried to find myself. At this point, I had extreme anxiety as well. Like I had been suffering for anxiety at this point for two years watching her go through that. And I'm talking about like every single day, not able to get out of bed, like puking, all the symptoms that come with it all the time. And it was, it was brutal panic attacks, everything. And so I really tried to find myself all over again. And a lot of people that know when you suffer with really bad anxiety, you're like, it's never going to go away. It's never going to get better. And so having that breakdown and hitting that dark hole was a blessing in disguise. Like it typically is. Um, because I went by nature. It was the first time. I mean, I always loved nature, but it was the first time that I really just sat in nature and did nothing. I just sat there. I grounded myself and I was just meditating and grounding. And seven days in, I did that for literally seven days. And on the seventh day, I felt like nature was talking to me. I felt like I had just quieted my mind just enough for the plants and nature to talk to me and say, hey, there's another route. There's a natural route. And so that moment I had my aha moment and I picked up my very first, uh, you know, 
plant medicine book and I just took a pen and paper old school and I just went back to that same spot on a bench and I just started writing and said, what could I do to help my mom who had a nervous debility? And what could I do for myself to try and help with nervines in my body for this anxiety? Because I refuse to take the medications. And so especially I refuse to take the medications particularly because I saw what it did to my mother. So that's kind of where it first started. And the rest became history. I just couldn't stop. And I started experimenting with myself and I turned my mother into my guinea pig. And she got off of her narcotics that are almost like the doctors say impossible to get off because it is hard after being on narcotics for like 10 plus years, those withdrawals are extremely difficult, Mm. but yet she did it. She was able to laugh again and talk again and live a little bit again. You know, she still suffered from her sickness because healing really is a holistic approach, but she's no longer completely bedridden and not able to have conversations anymore. So that was my major wake up call to saying plant plants over pills. You know, you don't need pharma pharmacopoeia to be able to heal. And then once you're aware of the corruption behind pharma and all the money behind there, I feel like the rest of it kind of naturally opens up your eyes. So I was going to say, so when, how, how long ago was that? that, you, that you so said? that particular moment when I got into herbalism was in 2017 with my mom. So five years ago now. Wow. So, um, so that's sort of started your journey of like poking and prodding at the, at the pharma, big pharma and kind of trying to figure out what was going on there. So, so tell me a little bit about that journey and like where, where how it got to this point where you're now, you know, in, in my opinion, you're, you're sort of being this, this, um, you know, I want to say like a, a bridge, a leader in, you know, one of the leaders in this movement of awareness of like being more aware of this reality. So, um, tell me a little bit uh, about that journey and like, what, well, what did you find? For that. Uh, I mean, I appreciate that. It really started when I got into herbal medicine, I didn't even realize that herbalism was a thing. Um, through buying these books, I, I literally realized that herbalism was a thing. And I was like, okay, let me register to school. So I actually registered to a program eventually, you know, I graduated and stuff, but it was through that, that I started to realize and was taught how they were suppressing herbal medicine, how you're no longer able to learn herbal medicine. And that was my true, really aha moment to be like, wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me that people took over the medical system so that you can no longer teach natural medicine? And for me, that's where I started to recognize the corruption because in in a lot of like Europe and Asian countries, you you have both of them. You're offered both of them. In the Western world, especially when Rockefeller, and I made a video about this where he Rockefeller specifically, John D. Rockefeller, took over the medical system in the Western world. And now it's it's pretty much considered illegal. If you have a medical license other than naturopathic doctors, it became illegal to practice homeopathy or herbal medicine, natural medicine. So that's really where I saw the corruption in terms of saying. This is no longer about a choice. They're actually forcing medical students to learn one allopathic way, which is pretty much a pill for an ill mentality. And then from there, you know, herbal medicine was no longer a thing. It's not very common to learn it. So when people are like, oh, I want to learn about natural medicine, you know, people take my programs and buy my book and stuff like that. But it's it's like this is the original form of medicine. This is medicine. The rest of it is just conventional therapies that have been introduced to to really mask symptoms and not get to the root cause of it. So when I got into it that way, you just realized how much it was suppressed. Hence, when something is suppressed, like we see right now, when they're censoring that information, I tend to want to gravitate more to it because it's probably the truth. Oh, we're going to talk about that for a second about censorship and like all that. But I love what you just said. Uh, And it was like a pill for an ill. 
I mean, that's what it was. That's what they turned it into. I saw this meme recently that was talking about like, you know, we're calling things like, oh, this is organic food. This is, this is natural medicine. And it's like, where, how did we, how did we f go? How do we flip back into this reality where, or into this new mindset where we're calling it organic when it's like, oh no, no, that's actual food. Exactly. <laughs> Why are we calling it organic? Why do we have to brand it organic or natural? You know, it's almost as if we forgot. And that's what I love what you're doing is you're kind of reminding us, you know, helping us remember what true food is. And it's not, it's, it's almost as if like, it's not, it's not a, a teaching of something new. It's a reminder of, of right. what the natural way of being is. And I love that you said that because it's true. It shouldn't be called organic. Everything else should just be called modified food. Right. Exactly. That's it's it. Like, oh, here's your modified food. And it's like, and if people called it that, they'd be like, uh, do I really want modified food? <laughs> Here's food or modified food, whatever exactly. you can choose. You know, it's just, again, it's a perspective issue. It's a perspective issue. We, we've all been in, kind of indoctrinated to believe that, that what is normal food, what they call food is the natural way of being. And it's, right. it's not. Wow. Um, you know, so let's continue the journey of your life. I love learning this. So 2020 comes around. <laughs> and everybody is in a mass state of psychosis. <laughs> so um, that's my opinion, but I want to know yours. What, what was it for you when 2020 hit where you now felt, I guess, the need? Um, you know, I started seeing, I, again, I, I've been following you for a while and I, and I saw that you shifted a little bit when all that stuff started happening and really started focusing more on like what was happening in mainstream and the narrative and, and how it was like, whoa, what's going on here? So when did it shift for you to be that person to speak about everything that was happening? So like when did it become real for you? When I became a mom, so my son is now four years old, February, 2018, which naturally transitioned from the, the pharma awareness. Um, when I first had my son, I knew nothing about vaccines. I knew nothing about vaccines. I had questions about it, you know, but it was my, thank God for my intuition and, and I guess being a healthier person that I had such a strong intuition and I constantly saw like premonitions and visions in my gut telling me, don't do it, don't do it. This is two weeks before he was two months old where I was going to get his first round of shots and something was just telling me not to do it. And, you know, by God's will, I had a conversation with one of my girlfriends who was at my house and we're having some tea and we're chatting and I was telling her, I'm like, man, my gut's telling me something's not right about this vaccine. Like, you know, it's, it's weird. And she's like, well, you know, my niece isn't right. And her niece was eight or seven or eight at the time. And I was like, what do you mean? And then the typical questions came around about like, what about school? What about this? What about that? Like, how do you just say no? You know, it was also new to me. And uh, she's like, I, I have no idea. Reach out to my sister-in-law, my brother and ask them some questions. And so I did. And they just said, listen, just, just do your research, make that decision for yourself. And, you know, so I was waiting for my husband to come home from work. Cause you know, you never know how your spouse is going to react to that. And I was like, Hey, like I've got my questions. And he's like a hundred percent. Let's, let's watch some videos. So we literally grabbed popcorn and some snacks and sat down. We watched Vaxxed. <laughs> yes. I know, I know the creator. I know the creator of that, of that documentary. Uh, Perfect one to choose initially. Love it. Right. So as the first one, I'm like, let's just watch this. And I, hyperventilated cried watching that thing being like how the heck do people not recognize what's going on because I hate when people say listen to the doctors listen to the experts no no 
listen to about 250,000 parents sharing their personal story. That's a lot more powerful. And that's really what this did for me. And then from there, I bought my first book called How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Doctor, written in 1984. And let me just tell you, the snowball effect just started. So from this moment, I started to talk to my friends and family. And I even had some family being like, don't bring your son around me. Don't do this. And I was like, whoa, that was the first time that I ever actually saw the divide that started to happen. And around that same time, I don't know if you remember, the measles outbreak happened and they started to blame the unvaccinated children. And one of my good friends had just delivered and she was like, I'm really sorry, but you can't bring your son around here. He's unvaccinated. I can't take the chance of the measles. So I was starting to enter this realm of the divide and people not recognizing, hey, hey, the measles outbreak is not happening from someone who doesn't have the disease. It's happening by someone who's being injected by the live virus themselves who's spreading it. So, and I, I started to speak out a little bit in my inner circle and stuff and really voice my opinion on that. But it was so unconventional that I wasn't taking it to the my platform quite yet, you know? Mm. And less than two years later, when COVID came out, um, and I was kind of a conspiracy theorist for a while. So when COVID came out and I was aware of like MK Ultra and all those things, which people are like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> yeah. Right away, I was like, this is about a vaccine. The moment it came out, I said, this is going to be about a vaccine. And sure enough, I was probably one of the first people that I know that actually spoke out against it. My first video that went viral was in April 2020. And people were bashing me. And my video wasn't even bad. My video was just saying, hey, you think the government cares about your health? Why is there glyphosate in your in your food? Why is there fluoride in your water? Why are they spraying barium and aluminum in our air? You know, I'm like, they don't care about your health or they would have eliminated all of these things that are actually causing far more sicknesses. And it really just started from there. I love that. Um, and that, yeah, that's, it's funny because I remember watching that video and, and it's like, oh, she's at, you know, it's like, think for yourself it's <laughs> essentially what i got from the video not any not pushing anything other than let's think for ourselves let's question some sh some stuff here right. or else we're just as you know taking on what they want to uh pump out um so i love that i love that you 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 shifted into that and that you 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 stepped into that power of speaking about what was happening you know i think that's a big i felt like it was finally my opportunity because i had been wanting to speak mm. out against it for so long and then COVID was the opportunity. And then when the vaccines rolled out and everything, I was like, perfect. Now I could talk about all of them because all of them are garbage. So <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. And like as soon as it became uh, you know, and it's funny because like the people you mentioned there that there's some people that became weird and probably turned away from from sure. your perspective. Um, I had the same thing happen. Um, now ha have you noticed a shift in them since <laughs> like uh, even recently in the last year or yes. so? Yeah. For sure. I've had many, many people who distanced themselves. One of my good friends, I was friends with her for a long time. She's the one that said, keep your son away from me, who was like so apologetic. Like, I'm so sorry. I was totally wrong. I was a new mom. I did not know better. The doctor fear mongered me. And um, even now with these shots, the amount of people that have started to make the shift. And that's why I'm forever grateful for COVID because it made them start to question everything. You know, before you wouldn't have been able to have a conversation with someone because they're like, what do you mean? I got all of those shots and I'm fine. And I'm like, yes, you know, but just like I posted a meme not long ago, it's like you can have a thousand cupcakes and a thousand kids and one of those cupcakes is poisoned. Mm. Are you going to take the chance of giving it to your child? Cool. <laughs> Would you take that chance? 
That's a good one. You, mm. you know, because 999 parents are going to be totally fine. And how are you going to feel when they're like, my kid's fine. I don't believe you about your one child. And that's really the reality of it. And you need to be aware of those risks because you might be okay. And a lot of people do the same thing now with COVID. I'm fine. I took it. I'm fine. And it's like, just because you're fine, it doesn't mean that it's actually fine for everybody. And it's such a selfish mentality because they call us selfish for not protecting people. But they're so selfish to want to believe in their narrative that they're refusing to accept that there's people that are actually dying from the acting that they're defending so hard. And, and like, just to kind of, um, you know, cause that example you gave was, was powerful. Um, but I would even say, I would compound on that and say like, man, that's, you're, you're being very nice because I, I really believe the percentage is much, <laughs> it's way it higher is, than that. Yeah. But even yeah. with that, even with that little bit of a chance, you know, it's like, would I, would I, As a, would most I parents would be like, hell no, I wouldn't give it to my child. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's such an easy answer. Uh, at least, at least for, in my, I don't have kids and I, I'm thinking that's an easy answer. Um, so I can only imagine when you do have kids. So why, why, why are they doing this? What's your perspective? Like what's going, I know, I know you said vaccines. I get that. You know, I have my perspective of, of this world and this reality. And, and, you know, I always follow the money. I always look at the money. And so um, in, the, in the deeper layers of, of what you're saying, like I, I have to look at the money. So from your perspective, from what you've experienced, why, why are they doing this? What's the, what's the end goal here? Well, what's funny is a lot of people actually ask that question because like, well, why would the government want to hurt us? Why would they want to do this? And I typically would say they're not human. And people seem to forget that I'm a strong believer in God and there's also the devil. And the devil walks around disguised in so many different ways. And these people are not human. They're mm. not no longer people. They're like soulless. Mm. And to them, they ultimately think that they can live eternally on earth. And the reality is this is just a temporary experience, you know, on this planet. And because they don't see it that way, they literally do think that they can live eternally on earth. They want to make it so that there's just typically a handful of them that are here with themselves with the power and the control of that and it's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow but that's really the reality of it so what are they trying to do well they're removing a lot of people that they deem unnecessary mm -hmm. and how do they do that other than injecting them with poisons or feeding them poisons and slowly destroying them so that our longevity is no longer you know our our, our we don't live as long as we as we used to and make them unhealthy and, and dumb them down to the point that they can't actually see what's going on. My, my goal is to just, let's go back to our roots mm. because people are like, Oh, what do you mean? They used to, they used to die at 30, 40 years old. Yeah. Why? Because of low, like horrible water systems and their malnutrition and hygiene and all of that stuff. It had nothing to do with their lifestyles. Once they started to change their water and their septic system and their, the way that they were living and everything like that, which happened before the before the vaccines came out. Once they removed that, the diseases were eradicated and longevity was back. If you look at our grandparents, my grandparents lived well into their 90s. What was different? Well, they weren't injected. They weren't popping pills as soon as they turned 50, 60 years old with everything that their doctor was telling them to. They were eating out of their garden. They were eating meat in, in moderation. And they were socializing. Mm -hmm. They weren't so involved in the world of technology that they knew how to socialize and love and be connected with people. 
that's really the recipe to longevity. And good plumbing. <laughs> and good, you know, of course, it's clean funny. water. Yeah, I, yeah. Somebody, because I was having the same conversation with someone about like you know just the, the history of of medicine and it's like oh we, people people were dying the exact same thing that you just mentioned about people dying in the past, and 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 I said and I said well. I think we should actually glorify, like praise the plumbers because it was those people that once that once we created a system of being able to poop and like get that out of systems, yeah, out of like separate the where we eat to where we poop when, when we started to clean up that you're right all of that all of that stuff got cleaned cleaned away because we started right. you know being able to choose the environment we were in and not just being in the mess of life of everything all mixed together so yeah exactly. so it's like it's not the doctors it's the plumbers that need our praise right now right 100 <laughs> you're right because that's that's what it came down to and and it's beyond me that people think like hey now oh we're living longer no we're not what part like it's very rare for someone to live into their 80s and 90s without what actually having a quality of life mm. where they're actually independent, they're not relying on the medical system. It's, it's crazy that it's become a norm, right? Mm. And it's only going to get younger and younger where now they're pushing the, Hey, strokes and heart attacks happen in younger people, including children and teenagers. Hey, these are all the things that are happening now. It's, it's not normal at all. And it's completely our lifestyle. They're poisoning everything that we're putting in through and on our body. So, you know, I, I, I have to say, I have to uh, remind the people watching that we do live in a reality of um, a free will, freedom of choice. So what's going on, Tanya? Why are people choosing this? Um, you know, I, I, I look at reality and I see the, the, the choices that are available and what we're being taught. And, and, you know, why, why are we choosing this? What's going on that we're choosing these, these things over and over to, you know, that are destroying our bodies. People are lazy. Mm. We have gotten used to a society that's lazy. And when I say lazy, not just in terms of physically lazy in terms of actually doing the research. And that's because they have been made to believe for a very long time, especially in the education system you know, you trust the doctors, you trust the experts, and you just listen to them. You don't have to do your research because we're telling you the answers. So they become lazy to want to do their own research. And then what happens is that they're not doing the research in terms of what they're eating and consuming or putting on through, you know, in their bodies. And now they're numbing down their pineal gland and their, and their gut and their microbiome. Hence, they're no longer actually critical, able to critically think for themselves. So it's like mm -hmm. kind of that ripple effect starts to happen. So what's sad is a lot of people don't actually recognize that they're making the wrong choice. They really are so, they, they really do believe that they're making the right decision, but it's the fact that they're not even given the tools to be able to decipher that they have a choice. And that's what it's come down to. And it really comes down to looking for that little light, like anything inside of you that could be saying, maybe this is not, maybe there's another way. It's like, listen to that voice and watch that snowball effect start to happen. But a majority of people have really been, I don't like using the term dumbed down. They've really been, you know, made to believe that they're making the right decisions when they have no idea who's, who's been programming them to think that way for a very, very, very long time through the music, through the education system, through the food, all of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. And what I hear is that, like, basically, we, we just weren't given the tools to know how to learn properly. <laughs> and, and also, on top of that, we're being poisoned 
to not have the capacity or the ability to learn exactly. and com and comprehend and dissect and discern and and understand. So, and then on top of that, and then this is the last piece. On top of that, of all of that BS, basically, uh, they're 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 suppressing our critical thinking. They're suppressing our conversations about things that are out of you know the box that they created essentially censoring us you know really diverging the narrative to something different so have you experienced censorship have you had any you know any suppression any kind of uh, kickback from society i know you mentioned that you were you had a hit piece so uh, yeah talk a little bit about that oh yeah the thing is is they're afraid because people resonate with truth it doesn't matter how far down or out of the rabbit hole you are people when they really hear truth they they'll start to question it it's just natural right it's it's you can't avoid that in humans um so why do they try so hard to censor it right but i find it works against them because just like the forbidden fruit when you can't have something it's actually turning people to being like wait 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 why can't i have it why aren't you giving that information now i actually want to know more about it you know um, so yes, I've been experiencing censorship for a long time and it's brutal when you own a business because I'm stuck between, do I shut up and just continue on with my business or not? And for me, the reality is no, because I feel like I'm doing the work of God. This is something that I had to do. Um, and then the rest will come with it, which is eventually what started to happen. Um, but yeah, like the censorship is real, like everything from, um, you know, work affected all these different things were affected and, and people like I was okay with making that sacrifices. Hey, we sold assets to be able to survive, you know, losing our livelihood for this stuff. And that's the reality, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Washington Post did a hit piece on me, but wasn't so much of a hit piece because what's ironic is they're like, she's all about non-GMO living and natural and blah, blah, blah. And is vaccine skeptical. So I was like, there was actually nothing. They made it oh, it's sound. A, like it's almost supportive, they, right? So there, were, and the, the the title of it sounded like it was a hit piece, but when you actually read it, it's kind of like, oh, she's actually sharing truth, right? So it wasn't like she's an mm. anti vaxxer anti this, anti that. It was like vaccine skeptical. She believes in the freedom of truth, blah blah. blah. And I was like, sweet, okay, thanks. Say thanks for that, you know. Um, but no matter how much they try, you figure out another way of doing it. So like, for example, what I've been doing now is, yeah, I'm not so heavy hitting on the COVID stuff because, I mean, at this point, it's kind of worn out. But I'm really now taking the focus of saying, let's keep exposing pharma so that people are starting to turn to their roots and saying, hey, I'm used to taking that pill for an ill right now. And I want to start going to other means and not just for myself, for my family, for my children and start, you know, taking it back to our, our ancient times. Uh, you know, I just wanted to ask this question. I, I'm curious about your perspective on it. Um, do pills have a, a, a time and a place or is it, is it just, are you really just like, now let's just cut it completely? I'm never against pills in the events of like emergencies or certain things. So for example, like I said, I suffered from anxiety for a very, very long time. I know what it's like to have a panic attack and feel like you might just die. So if someone might not have the same mind capacity as I do to refuse to take it, do what you got to do, mm -hmm. but temporarily and then get to the root cause of it and see what you could do long term. Pills where they're made to believe that, hey, I, need to, I have a thyroid medication or I have diabetes or this and that, and I need to take this for the rest of my life. That's actually wrong. You're not getting to the root cause of the problem and you will cause yourself an earlier death than figuring out what the root cause of it. So 
for for me, there's a, there's a time and a place for it. I personally will refu- avoid taking it, but I can tell you it was only about a few months ago where I had the worst migraine of life. I couldn't even go to pick up my son and I don't have Advil or Tylenol in my house at all. And I literally had to get my sister to drop me off an Advil just so I can go and pick up my son. Mm. And there's a time and place for it. I haven't taken one in years. But the reality is you got to do what you got to do. But most people are like, I have a headache. My arm hurts. My this hurts. Okay, I got cramps. Whatever it is, Advil, 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 Advil. And it's like, no, 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 no. What's the root cause of it, you know? Um, but there's a time and a place, but it's just, it's too commonly prescribed and too commonly like sought out, which is where I have a problem with that. I love that. I love that answer. It, it's about my, it's about intention and mindset. It's like, exactly. yeah, if you're, if you're just popping the pill because there's a little pain and you're, and that's like the programming or the, or the, you know, what you've normalized and yeah, absolutely. That's going to be destructive in the long run. You're going to get disease. You're going to get all this stuff that's going to come with it, but with intention, with with um with a plan you know looking at it as like okay i I need to do this now but there's a root cause here that i need to focus on eventually exactly Exactly. it's all it makes all the difference so i am i'm uh um i support your perspective not that that it not that it matters thank you but but uh i find this an easier answer for a lot of people because they i don't want people to feel bad about themselves to like oh my god i do take this medication it's just okay cool cool keep doing what you're doing. Now let's get to the root cause of it, you know, start to shift from what you're doing right now to where you can actually take it to, because a lot of people don't even know that. Like, it's sad to say that most people don't know what it's actually like to feel fully energetic and have vitality for life. Like they don't even know what that feels like. It's so, oh, wow. This is a great conversation. It's so interesting because ah, there's like a fine line, especially for people that take pharmaceuticals, there's a fine line between what feels good right? Good in the sense of like constructive, it's actually healing you to what feels normal, to what feels what you've normalized, what feels familiar. Um, and that can be that could be the difference of somebody like really healing themselves or just keep it going darker and darker and deeper and deeper into the pharmaceutical. 100%. Yeah, especially because your body gets used to it. So then you have to increase your dosages. And then you start getting side effects. And then they start giving you more prescriptions for those side effects. And that's when you just start getting worse and worse. And like, you see it now where people are like 50 years old, 60 years old, and they've got like, even younger, it's getting younger and younger, but they've got like, Hey, I have to take this medication and this medication, and this one, and this one. And now my knee hurts and I can't really walk the same way. And you know, this is hurting and this, and it's like, man, do you not think that it's a side effect of all the stuff that you're doing and your organs are not functioning properly because you're suppressing the symptoms that your body actually needs to communicate with you to tell you, hey, focus on the root cause. There's something wrong with me here. Don't just suppress it. Because a lot of people think, hey, if I don't feel the pain, it's not there. That's mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. It's still there. It's still trying to communicate to you, but you can't feel it, which means you're not able to actually listen to what your body is telling you. So, you know, let me go a little into this with with what you teach. Um because there's there's a lot of coaches out there there's a lot of you know health people out there and and there's a lot of a lot of um most of them you know really focus on the physical obviously because that's that's primarily usually the number one um you know intention for most when they're pursuing health stuff like oh i'm overweight or i don't feel sexy or whatever you know it's all mm-hmm. about the physical so um how are you different than most when it comes to what you teach do you include you know the emotions the the, the mental the, you know the mind the the spirit all that all the other metaphysical layers or are you, are you more strictly just so when i do it's funny that you i 
love that you asked that question. So my, obviously I have my most common one that's sold thousands now was the medicinal herb guide for beginners. Hey, here's just a $7 guide. Start learning about plant medicine and, and take it that way. And then there's programs that teach you more on holistic, heal, uh, more on herbalism, healing, plant mm. medicine, how to make tinctures and salves and, you know, herbal baths and really learning how to make medicine at home. But then now, just just recently, I haven't even actually launched it on my Instagram, but um, Ooh, we're getting, we're getting inside scoop, it, inside I scoop. Free, <laughs> I have a free webinar that is called the Healer's Awakening. And this webinar really does talk about the most common myths and misconceptions and stuff like that about healing holistically because perfect example is anxiety i can sit here and tell you hey take valerian take skull cup take lemon it's going to help anxiety okay great now the symptoms we're helping the symptoms but what's the root cause what's mm. causing it what are we going to do long term to making sure that you're not going to be dependent on masking those symptoms or being afraid of it so yes it is a holistic approach so the healer's awakening is really that first step into having that conversation of saying like hey How's your soul? How's your mind? How's your body? How's your heart? How are they feeling? So one of the things, for example, is, and I'm sure you've heard of it, is a lot of people are like, oh, she got sick or she had cancer, but she was so healthy. She was plant-based. She exercised all the time and this and that. And I'm like, okay, cool. How does she deal with stress? Did she know how to turn the page in life? Did she know how to practice forgiveness? You know what I mean? How was her soul? Was she living her purpose? Like these things are, are things that eat away your insides, no matter how healthy you seem on the outside. And so that healer's awakening uh, from there, you do have the option of grabbing what's called, um, and this one no one has really heard about yet, is the Absolute Health and Healing Academy, which specifically talks about, hey, let's take a deep dive into what holistic healing actually means, because there's plant medicine, but then there's healing that mind, body, heart, and soul. And what does that look like? And here's a, a blueprint on everything that you can actually do to make it happen. Wow. I love that. I love that you include, ah, oh, man, it's, you know, the uh, stress, <laughs> you know, we, we uh, I think the mainstream talks about it as oxidative stress. Uh, but it's really like, in my opinion, any kind of stress, uh, even the ones, even the ones that we say, oh, this is good stress. There's no such thing, bro. <laughs> good stress, the, the bad stress. Like relationships, right? Some people could be like, oh, I'm so healthy, but it's okay. But how are you in your relationship? Are you happy? Do you have a voice? Do you not? Are you, what about your job? Most people are working nine to five and they hate their job. Do you know, like people forget every single one of us has a purpose, literally has a purpose on this earth. And that purpose is not to work a nine to five job until you die. Mm. But what's your purpose? A lot of people like feel that like, I don't feel fulfilled. And just that feeling of, I don't feel fulfilled, but I'm just doing what I got to do to pay my bills will slowly kill you inside. doesn't matter about anything else that you're doing in your life and how healthy you are. That alone will start to eat away at you. And, and it's, I'm so glad you mentioned this because I actually just made a post about this recently or actually today uh, about uh, being the, 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 what it means to be self, to have self-worth, you know, worthless versus worthful. And, um, you know, if, if your worth is coming from something external, then you're always going to be needing that external thing to fill up and feel loved and feel like, okay, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm in this reality and that's how I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And, um, I even, I even mentioned in the, in the real or the thing I posted that, um, it's, it's really the, the monetary system, like the, the, uh, the system that we've been indoctrinated to believe is the way to do it. We've given so much value to it. Uh, this external thing, no money, and we need more of it to feel worthy. Like if you're not doing, if you're not creating, if you're not, you know, manufacturing something, what are you doing? What are you doing for society? And mm -hmm. it's almost like, 
Well, if I'm not doing that, I can't just be, I can't just be myself. I got to do. So um, I love that. And it's because, crazy because they don't recognize that, hey, you follow your passion. The money comes naturally. Mm. That's what's what's amazing. And I, I literally learned that myself because I was just doing it. Like I, I, a lot of people don't know that when I had my mental breakdown, like I was in a very successful, like more than six figure job, travel paid for for my husband and I, like life was good, but it wasn't. I, on the outside, it was good. I was making a shit ton of money and, and I could do really whatever the hell I wanted, but I wasn't fulfilled. Mm. And the more the money came, the more I felt like, why aren't, why aren't I happy? What is it? And I was okay with losing that to making just a portion just to be like, I love what I'm doing. It's okay. I love what I'm doing and this will pay off. And guess what it did. And that's just the power of the universe and the power of living your passion because Health comes when you're happy. And when you're happy, the only way to truly, truly be happy is when your work and your words are benefit to yourself and to others. I love that. I love, yeah. When they're connect, when they're, when they're in sync, right? Exactly. When you're, when your intellect and your, and your heart are in sync, uh, exactly. that's when you start to thrive. I love that. Uh, I, I don't want to shift the conversation, but I that's have okay. to, because I'm a crypto guy. Um, so crypto, let's, let's talk a, a little bit about crypto. Um, do you have any questions that you wanted to ask that you're just dying to ask about crypto? Well, okay. It's a conversation that I try to stem from typically because I'm all about, like, I try to stay away from the digital currency as much as possible. Um, my husband's a little bit more into crypto. I'm really not because I'm kind of like, I don't want the digital ID and all that stuff. Sure. So I'm going to take the digital route. So yes, if I can ask you a question yeah. for people like myself who are concerned about saying like, why would I go and invest in digital currency when I don't want that to be the route? I don't want to eliminate regular currency and introduce a digital currency, which will eventually be the replacement. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great question. That's probably the, the biggest question I have um, when it comes to the system, because it's like, oh, well, that's obviously the next step. Digitize everything and then they're in control. We're done. Right. Um, and I 100% agree with that. That is a that is what they're going to do. And you probably didn't expect that answer. No, uh, no, but I'm, not, I'm sure you know your stuff. I'm just curious to know because if I could, people could still benefit from what's expected to happen. By all means, I'm all ears. Yeah. So how I look at it is like this. Um, we have to start looking at blockchain. It's all about blockchain, really. You know, you have all these projects, Bitcoin, all these names that are flying around that people are like listening to and hearing about. But th those are all the brands. Those are the people that came in and took the idea of blockchain and created something with it. Mm -hmm. Most in this industry are trying to make an impact or make a change on a global level. And when you make things on a global level publicly, it attracts good and evil. It's going to attract both. And, you know, it's a tool, it's a tool. This, this blockchain idea is a tool and tools are used by good and evil. You know, uh, evil will always actually, if anything, you can make it a rule that evil will always use any tool that exists in this reality for its intentions. The problem that we have is that most good men, good people don't yield the tools because we've, we've villainized the tools. We focus on the tool itself instead of the people using the tools. So with, with blockchain, it's the same thing. We're going, we're going, we're going down the same route that we've gone for eons when it comes to introducing a new technology or something, you know, a new tool into society. Um, so right now we have thousands. I mean, we have probably have over 10,000 projects that exist in the crypto space. And I would say 
a good rule of thumb is that 60% of them are either deliberate scams or, or, um, you know, they're legitimate, but they're essentially places to, you know, just take people's money. You know, it's, it's, it's legit. You can make money, but it, the house always wins kind of situation. Um, so whereas about 40% of it are like the good ones, the ones that are maybe even less, honestly, by, by, by this point, it's actually the evil is increasing because, um, we're, we're breaking the chasm into mainstream adoption and that's just attracting more evil. <laughs> and, and, and again, the good men are just kind of sitting back and going, what, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of trying to figure out how to navigate it because evil has all the tools available to them that they've created over centuries uh, that, may, that facilitates, you know, onboarding a new tool on the global level and like, you know, pushing it. That's their bread and butter. They know how to do global level projects really, really quick and really easy. So the good men are now going like, oh, what do I do with this? Um, and, and the navigation through it is essentially um, what we're learning now as good men in the space is we have to start cutting off all of the things that we've normalized in our lives that they've provided for us. Um, to the point to where we can actually create our own systems, literally create our own separate systems on a local level. And that's what I try to teach. Um, true disruption, true decentralization is not going to happen on those global levels. All these projects that exist right now, it's going to be very hard, very difficult to push forward and not be infiltrated and not be manipulated and not be bastardized by their, by them. And so I, I've been preach, I've been sharing this that like decentralization is going to start on the local level. Like let's get a thousand people, you know, a thousand people geographically or, you know, with a common philosophy or the common cause and, and, and use blockchain to create our own little systems. That's what we have the capacity to do now. And, you know, a huge layer of this has to do with understanding the physical parts of the internet. And once you grasp that, um, essentially, long story short, they dug themselves into a hole. Um, when the internet started, they started laying down cables, hard cables, and gave us all the highways we need to right. communicate with each other to where now they lost control of like all these connections. Um, and so we now have the access. We just didn't have the operating system. We didn't have, we didn't have the software to connect us to each other, but now we do. Now we don't need to go to Facebook or to zoom for us to communicate. I don't need to go to a centralized server to talk to you anymore. I can actually use crypto to go directly to you peer to peer in those highways that they have no control of, of anymore. So that's, that's really the big difference. Yes, evil will 100% use it. They will go down that road, but we can also do it ourselves. It's just a matter of like starting to- And you can it. still access it in the event of like a shutdown? Yeah, so you think about, okay. So you think about like what, you know, what can they do, right? They can, um, they can get the gatekeeper. So you can have like Cox, Comcast, all these big companies that allow you to access the internet uh, or are like the, the gatekeepers into the internet. And then, um, so that right there is one big part that you don't need. So you don't need those guys. First of all, you don't need those third party intermediaries Mm -hmm. to allow you to connect to each other. Uh, all they, all they're doing is they give you a, a a modem. The modem is, is, is just a thing to push electricity into the cables. That's all it's for. And it has an operating system inside of it that connects to their server. And then they go, okay, now you can access the internet, but then they're Mm -hmm. like, they're giving you like 5% access of like what the internet actually is. Um, so that's the first thing that's easy. There's already a company that eliminated that called helium. Um, the other thing, the other issue is what electricity, right? Like, Oh, we don't have electricity. We can't do it. 
Mm -hmm. um, so um, you don't need to make the connection happen. You need the amount of electricity that your device carries. <laughs> you don't need much. So if you, if you have the electricity already built into the device through the battery, um, you know, obviously I think the only issue here is like having the redundancy systems for yourself. So that's the one thing that I would say, like, yeah, have a backup, have a, you know, a electrical backup. I have here in my house, I have a, a solar powered uh, system. Um, but the point is, the point is that you don't need a lot of electricity to push information through these cables. You don't need a lot. Right. You actually need um, a, a few people in the area, in the local area to do it. And then it'll, it'll be enough for everybody to, to have that, those systems, like, you know, be able to connect and be able to access the blockchain. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, that's essentially how, how, how we disconnect and yeah, create our own. And it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's really like the concept because, you know, uh, people think like, oh, how do we decentralize if we still have these physical structures? It's not about the physical structures. I actually believe that we'll still be using the same buildings, the same locations. Right. But now we're using this whole, whole new operating system that connects us to each other and gives us the money that we need and the value mm -hmm. that we need to buy, sell, trade, all that stuff outside of their system. So for the average person who like, where would they want it? Where would they get started? I'm super like, I'm, I'm more curious to have this conversation with my husband, but at the same time, like this, my, it's not my forte. My brain just does not really go there. Even though I actually graduated from finance, <laughs> it just was not my thing. That's, that's kind of what I went to school, my, my first program. Um, but where would someone start to do something like that? Cause I'm all about like, we've got gold and silver and all the things that's monetary, but in this aspect, where would you start? Because I, the one thing that I'm skeptical about is there's some people that have literally sold everything who are like awake and aware of what's going on, sold everything, put a hundred percent into crypto. And it kind of, to me, I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't know how you can, you can do that because if everything just shuts down, then what? Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like, once you understand it, once you like, you grasp like it, cause it's literally just a flip. So think of the current system, how it is, and you flip it, flip everything. And that's essentially what, you know, the difference between godly and satanic uh, Satanism just takes what's natural and flips it and makes it and bastardize it. And that's how you control because it creates chaos. It creates confusion, chaos, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's easier to control. Um, so that's essentially what it is with crypto. Crypto just, instead of centralizing the communication, we decentralize the communication to the individual. Uh, so when you understand it, then, I mean, I did the same thing in 2015. I sold everything, went all into crypto and I haven't been back to work since. You know, I've, I've been solely in this space. Um, so where do we start? That's a good question. That's the question that I had to answer myself and there was no good place to start back then. Uh, and you know, even today it's, it's, it's unfortunate because like I mentioned earlier, there's about 60% of like these traps and, you know, they could also be educational places, you know, because they're mainstream. Mm -hmm. And so you could go there, you could learn, but once you understand the many layers, you can go, oh, this is a trap. This is like, they can control you from this point forward. They can actually track you. Um, and so there's all these little layers to it that you really have to become aware of, um, which is why I created my course, <laughs> which is why, uh, you know, about a year and a half ago, I came to the conclusion that I was like, I need to put something together to at least share my perspective, um, you know, including the the health part of it, you know, mm -hmm. the, the journey of, of, of self-awareness, of healing, of uh, most people in the space don't take that into account. They don't, they don't include that in their teaching. 
and they're really very analytical and more about the math, but there's so many more to it. There's so much more to it. And that's actually how I teach. I teach, I teach to inspire so that the person can see the many layers and, and see the potential and the possibility and not just the money aspect of it. Like I can right. be rich, you know? Yeah, that's great. You can, but it's bigger than that. It's bigger right. than that. Um, so yeah, I would, I would, I would start with me. I would start with my course. Uh, I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm here talking to you, uh, but I do have a free 90 minute course that really dives deep pretty quickly into all of it and kind of gives you um, a summary of, you know, what's going on, uh, uh, shows you the, the the current system, shows you how blockchain is going to replace that system and the layers and how they, they compare. And then a little bit of mindset even like about letting go of the type of capitalism that we've been indoctrinated with. Like this mm-hmm. divisive, you need to lose for me to win. You know, it's, right. it's funny because I, I say, I call it, um, uh, I say that trading became toxic, that, that we're trying to get away from trading. But it's it's funny, it's, it's, it's in alignment with what you're teaching, which is reminding us of the original way of trading or the original way of, of health because the original trading was bartering. That was, that was the real trading. Nobody, nobody loses. You know, I have a product, you have a product, we trade, I win, you win, we all win, we go home. You know, now because of the monetary system, because of having this extra third party, it allows the the intelligent, smart people few to take from the many because there's this thing that that's valuable, you know? Right. So, so that's the replacement. Actually, we're actually trying to go back to the original meaning of trading to creating essentially like a digital bartering system where it layers on top of the real world. You know, what okay. they're trying to do, they're trying to create escapism where we want to escape into the metaverse or go in, get out of this reality into the metaverse. I'm like, no, no, no. If we do that, we're, we're disconnecting from our guts, from our bodies, from our hearts, and we're just going into the intellect. I'm right. saying, I'm saying, hey, how can we use this tool to compound on top of our lives and and help us facilitate, you know, facilitate the connection of the of the gut brain, you know, uh, communication. So that's oh, what that, I'm trying. I think that's super interesting. Yeah, because I, I know it's headed that way. I just, like I said, my my hubby could deal with all of that stuff. My brain sometimes I'm just like I'm just focusing on the physical stuff I can actually control, and that comes to like health and healing. And that naturally brings money. But I mean, I know it's headed that way. I'm just, I'm more that person that's kind of so skeptical on, on taking it that route when I don't want the digital, you know, tech. It's more the technocracy that comes out of it, right? So sure. that's kind of what yeah. I And started. that's what, it, and that's With. the problem. That's the problem. Right. The problem is when you have, because uh, that's, you know, honestly, that's actually what capitalism is or socialism. Well, actually, right. so, so uh, socialism is like what, what I'm explaining, but with a governing manager. Exactly. Right. So, that creates that. So, I'm, so it's not that because we don't have a governing manager. The, right. the protocol does it itself. Um, so it's something new. It's something new and we're trying to figure out what it is. Um, but essentially, it's, it's really the intention of this industry, in my opinion, the true intention is about bringing us back to the original like bartering way of being. Like Which that. I love that. I agree because you don't need the, you know, that's how it always was. Like, hey, I'll give you some cow, you give me some wool, like, right? And, <laughs> exactly. And that's essentially what it should be going back to. It's not about, you know, the rich, the poor, the this, that. Because that's one thing that's very corrupted in our system is the um, is is the the gap in terms of, you know, richness. Because I'm talking about health and healing. At the end of the day, none of that matters. And you can ask someone who's a billionaire or someone who's poor when they're on their deathbed, you know, what do they think about how they decided to live their life? And let me tell you, 
we all have the same side of grave and pretty, but, pretty much yeah it's like the same the same words like i wish i did it differently or i wish i, I wish i had more time all these things it's Boy, like oh it's, it's not about living in the moment um wow. not about your 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 assets it's about your character at the end of the day right so exactly I, um Awesome. I, I love the conversation. I love that you asked those questions. Like I'm a, I'm a natural um, generator. So like, I need to be asked to like be inspired to respond. Yeah, yeah no, so. I love it. I love it for <laughs> sure. Cause I've always been curious to ask, but I just never, to be honest with you, I, I usually seek answers, but that's one of the ones that I didn't really seek the answers for. So I'm glad that it naturally developed itself right now. So, yeah. And you know, I think the, 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 uh, the bigger piece here for this conversation is like, Hey, you have the health codes. I have the crypto codes. And we're going to help yeah. each other out, you know, and that's, and that's the thing. <laughs> it can be healthy and rich. Why not? <laughs> um, I love that. I love that. So one last question, and then we can kind cool. of wrap it up. Um, so with everything that you've experienced, everything that you're taking in, um, you know, having the your friends come back and saying, oh, I think I was wrong. Like, I want to hear more. And, and seeing what's happening now in current events in the mainstream. How, how do you see, so it's a two question part, two part question. How do you see humanity moving forward? And, and what do you believe that we can do to go down the right path starting today? Um, it would be about just learning how to take matters into your own hands in every aspect, I think. So that that means it's your health. It means it's your monetary. It means it's your work. It's everything put it into your own hands and stop giving it to the government or governing party to handle it for you. So for example, they're talking about universal basic income and all these different things that they're like, Hey, give us your power. We'll give you what you need to survive. But in reality, it's like, no, no, give me back my power. I'll provide what I need to survive. And I think that's the biggest thing is just saying, Hey, I'm tired of people telling me what to do, what to think, how to live. I need to really bring my power back right now and figure out a way to take care of myself and my family. So I think it's just a matter of taking your control back and that will kind of ripple effect into, into everything else in the future that we want to have. Because when we can do that, we're telling these governing parties and these globalists or whatever you want to call it, that like, you don't really control me because at, at the end of the day, I took my control back. And if you take your control back, then what do they have to control? Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's like it's like how do we how do we best tell them that they don't control us by not giving them our attention? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm gonna go on and live now so that you can introduce whatever you want, but it's not working for me. So. It's right here in my shirt. Be just be free. Be free. Yeah, <laughs> just do <Love> it. it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Tanya. You're just a pleasure. Like the conversation went so well, and I loved it. Um, I really appreciate. It was your a great time. one. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I, I love to leave the last, last piece to the interviewee. So if you want to leave a last piece of advice, uh, if you want to plug something, whatever you want to do, uh, stage is yours. Yeah, so I mean, really, it just comes down to like, you have so much power that you don't know you have and that the world does not want you to believe how much power you have, whether that's your innate inner healer, whether that's your what you're meant to do in this world, because ultimately we've got so much power to do whatever you want in this world and have a ripple effect for the rest of the world. So my biggest thing is just start now. If you're not already start now, try to ask that knowledge, get out of your hypnosis and say, what can I do? I want to heal myself. Okay. Let me see what Tanya is offering that I can start to heal myself. You know, I want to learn more about money. Okay. Do that. Whatever it is, learn about it, learn about it, grow with it. And just know that like, 
we have so much power that when you enter into that, just follow the faith, follow the faith that it's presenting to you. Have no fear because you can't have one over the other. And it's like the fear just dissipates when you really take that leap of faith. So thank you so much, Tanya. I really appreciate thank your time, you. your energy, and uh, always remember to gamify your abundance. Love you guys. What an amazing connection with Tanya. I had been following her for a few years now, and I've noticed that her shift towards speaking about freedom and speaking about you know, all the issues that were happening in mainstream media, uh, just being outspoken about it as much as she has been just inspired me in so many ways. And so I'm so grateful for people like her and people that have the ability to not only speak about what they believe in, but speak it out publicly on a, a platform, a major platform like that. Um, I love our discussion about crypto. I mean, it seems like she's so super interested in the space and wants to learn a little bit more and dive deeper. Uh, if that is you and you resonated with that episode and you want to learn more about crypto and dive deeper, make sure you check out my course. Uh, it's on autogomes.live. I have a 22 video, eight and a half hour course that I go through basically everything, every single layer about crypto and where it's going, and as well as mindset, like what your relationship is to money and how you can become more aware of that to then bring in the abundance. Uh, but I also have a weekly class called Unbank Yourself, where I go through two things. I go through the unbanking process, like going from the SWIFT system to the blockchain system. And then I teach you some passive income options that exist in the space. I mean, they have some crazy APY that is happening now in the space. And it's all because of this new way of doing finances, peer-to-peer -peer finances, eliminating the third party, eliminating the middleman gives us all that abundance, all that money that was then before made by the banks. So make sure you guys dive into this. Make sure you guys check out this episode. And if you're not following Tanya, check her out, Tanya the Herbalist on Instagram. And always remember everyone that this industry, this new space that's being created, it's all about having fun. It's all about tapping into our childhood self. It's all about how can I make money online with my friends, right? And it's all about the gamification of abundance. Love you guys.